Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity with Susan Shereko, where we help you transform your life by changing what you're telling yourself. Whatever your circumstances, you can experience health, financial security, and a sense of well-being once again. And now, here's your host, Susan Shereko. On behalf of Rebuilding Your Life Radio and the Train Your Brain Claim Your Power calls, welcome. Today, Marge Britt and I are getting to Together, we're going to be discussing your soul's invisible code, unveiling your sacred love story. By way of introduction, Marge holds a PhD in education, graduated from Unity School of Christianity, and was ordained in 1988. Marge served as senior pastor at Unity Tustin Church for 19 years and served on Unity's in, Unity Institute's seminary board in a national leadership Role And since her retirement, she founded and participates in the Called by Love Institute. Um, she is a mystic and master teacher, emphasizing consciousness and love. We've had some interesting discussions in preparing for this call, and I look forward to introducing you to Marge. Please put your hands together to welcome Marge Britt. Well, hello, Marge. Thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Susan. And as I heard you say, put your hands together, my hands invisibly went into a prayer position. I love that. that. (laughs) Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted to have you. Marge, in the spirit of what you've shared with us, the experience of your soul's invisible code is best found in allowing it to come upon us. We want it to light up for us. Your recommendation was to center in the stillness, listen, and let it be revealed. So for the benefit of our listeners, I'd like everyone to take a deep breath in and slowly let it out. May the energy that accompanies this call come up for each of us so that we feel the silence and allow our conversation to experience the message of the book as it relates to each one of us. Thank you. Marge, as I was writing my questions for today's call, I wanted to say that we're going to be discussing your book. However, you didn't write this alone. You described yourself as having scribed this book. You had to practice listening and then let it come. What is that experience like? It's the most profoundly beautiful experience in my life, in all of my life, although I didn't understand it and didn't even know about it for many, many years, the first half of my life probably. Even though I practiced different kinds of prayer, they, they were the prayer that I knew from my family of origin, the church that I was attending, the Um, private religious school that I attended in high school Um, and in the uh, years of my um, college and my bachelor's degree. uh, That was before I went to the University of Massachusetts and received my doctoral degree in education. However, I came back to that experience through silent meditation and teaching silent meditation 
retreats with one hour sits in the silence uh, for about 15 years and still just letting the thoughts pass through, not not really uh, paying attention to them, just letting them pass through. And then in the time before writing my book, when I was going through another experience, another uh, kind of dark night of uh, the spirit even, uh, uh, and this was like in my 70s, I began to get instruction to scribe, not to write a journal, to scribe, listen in the silence, ask questions of the Holy Spirit, ask questions of the invisible, and then listen and scribe what comes. My book was written that way. Every morning I sat down for at least one hour, five days a week, on the invitation of Andrew Harvey, who wrote the introduction to my book. And um, and I listened, and I scribed what came. And so the book is very unusual in that it does not come from the rational, logical mind. It's not planned in advance, although it has a framework. And the framework is the codes of co-creation, and the structure that I use is the foundational structure of uh, the um, first chapter of Genesis in the Bible. And it starts out with the first day, with the words, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And what I'm aware of now in our country, after having a year of pandemic, we have a collective experience in the United States, in the world, and in our personal lives of what it means to live in this experience of darkness being on the face of the deep. And the invocation in that first two verses of the very first book in the Bible is, and God said, let there be light. And so right now for this call, Susan, I'm simply going to take a deep breath once more. And your invocation was so beautiful. Thank you so much. And I'm going to simply say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Come upon us. Fill us with your presence. Fill us with your power. Guide us, direct us, speak through us. Let this call be an invocation and a reception of your words and your presence and your power for those who have the ears to hear. And so it is. And so it is. 
Marge, that sense of energy and that approach to this material is really throughout the book uh, as you invite your readers to go through a series of exercises to write their own personal spiritual autobiography. Uh, it's, you, you describe it as a, um, a personal map of creation which reveals both our own cosmic and human love story. Now, did you go through this process yourself in order to be able to share it with everyone? Absolutely. <laughs> You'll notice in in the first chapter of the book, it mentions uh, the death of my father when I was 11 years old. That's part of my human love story. And, uh, and then all through the 40 short, very short chapters in the book, because after each chapter, there's a blank page. And this was something that I... Um, in incredibly clear about with my publisher and that it was absolutely necessary because this was not about my personal story or my personal thoughts about what love is or what creation is or any of that. It was an invitation. It was an invitation for people to experience a framework of co-creation that is scriptural and is found in the first chapter of Genesis and is imprinted over thousands of years, especially in the Christian tradition. However, it's found in every tradition in the world. It's not just a Christian concept that there is co-creation. It's found in all of the religions of the world in different words, in different forms. I talk about it in my book sometimes as different languages for different countries. And that applies to us in our lives. When we're in our childhood, we have a different language for the realm of our childhood. When we're in our teenage years, we have a different language. We see differently. We define ourselves differently. When we're in those blossoming years when we're becoming more more mature. When we're in our 20s, we're going into our early years of adulthood. When we're in our 30s, we're going into um, years of integrating all that we are into the experience of our co-creating our lives. And that's when we have amazing goals and visions and uh, in my book, uh, one of the chapters uh, is about that in my own life. And it's not about a, a resume of my life, although it does mention some things, but it mentions things that would never be found on a resume. And And then as we go into our 40s and beyond, often some of us have a shift. It's... Uh, identified in uh, psychology uh, by someone like Jung as individuation. And, uh, and he talked about different realms of consciousness. He talked about the golden shadow as well as our conscious mind. And he talked about the dark shadow. And so we began to recognize different parts of us that we've had all of our lives 
that we simply haven't been aware of, probably, because our brain hadn't gone through its own development yet in the ways that would unfold. Uh, Everyone knows that a baby's brain is not as developed as um, a mature adult's. And it's a process. It's a physical process. It's a process that occurs in the subtle realms of thinking and feeling. And then in our 40s, especially in our 50s and beyond, we begin to go to another through another process. And it has to do with what um, uh, mystics have called sometimes the causal realm. In the research language of a person that I've studied with over the last three years, which is quite interesting to me, I'm still deeply involved in learning, and I'm 81 years old now. When I wrote the book, I was in my late 70s. And every every week, I'm on a research call with 10 different researchers who are involved in looking at the research emerging in consciousness and the languages that emerge in consciousness. So mm. it's quite exciting, actually, Susan. <laughs> That is. I mean, I, and when you say consciousness, I, you know, my mind immediately goes to quantum consciousness, which is a, a, a field that opened in the last, what, 50 years probably, uh, which very few people know very much about. They hear, hear the words, but they really don't know what that entails. Uh, for me, as I hear you go through our human experience and mark it off in timelines of decades, and the varying kinds of experiences we have within each one of these uh, these decades or passages, um, we we are experiencing something different. When we yes. start, we are in primarily the third dimension, which is our body, and we yes. are very aware of our body. And then we move into the fourth dimension, which is uh, uh, the the this time and space element of life. And I think for me, that is the beginning of thoughts and feelings and exploring in that area. And then, then suddenly there, there is a, a different change that takes place and it's a different kind of experience. And we begin to move into what is called the fifth, uh, fifth dimension and it's not the the song group <laughs> that I'm talking about, but a fifth dimension where there is another rebirth. Uh, if yes. we're lucky enough, we will experience it. What happens when we get to that fifth dimension? The fifth dimension actually is the greatest gift in our lives for those of us who are open to it, who are willing. It requires, and this is, what prevents it from some people's lives, it requires willingness and it requires surrendering into it. Because the third dimension and the fourth dimension both involve ego dimensions. They involve the world of duality, opposites, good and bad, positive and negative, up and down, and and we see through the lens of duality, and we judge according to that. And then we can look at the words of Jesus that most people don't understand, 
Judge not that ye be judged. What an amazing puzzle that is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Judge not. And yet, we know that good judgment is a positive thing. Uh, Bad judgment can get us into a mess. Uh, Our country's in somewhat of a mess right now with uh, vaccine distribution. And we're trying to solve the problems of the mess. <laughs> and, and yet, simultaneously, we're, re- we're experiencing the miracle of good judgment, which is that we even have a vaccine. And so it's very much human plane and divine plane. And we live both simultaneously. Which is challenging. I have, you know, I have, for me, when I hear this, it it sounds very difficult to uh, handle all the different transformational energies that are going on when when we're coming into contact um, at this level. A few authors I've been speaking with over the past six to eight months have been talking about the entire planet going through this, this process because of a photon belt that that carries uh, fifth dimensional uh, fifth dimensional energies of love with it, and and I for think some, that's this is totally true. Yeah, and it's such a wonderful experience. But at the same time, for others, it's very disruptive if they've never come in contact with this kind of energy before, or never understood what it was. So, do you think that much of what we're experiencing is it could be referred? to or be caused by this this incredible increase in transformational energy? Yes. And one of the things that happens, interesting, in very unique and very individualized and individual and collective ways is that our definitions of God even change. And so uh, when I was a child, I saw uh, Jesus uh, in a a very real way. I didn't realize, even as a child, I was a mystic. But I had a really personal relationship with Jesus. You know, I was one of the little, bring the little children unto me. And did I know that that was happening to me? No, because that experience was coming through to me through someone I knew in physical form. It happened to be my Aunt Lida, who was a Bible teacher in my fundamentalist Christian church. And I learned the Bible stories in this playing in the sandbox of Sabbath school, we called it. And, um, and so my definition of God at that point in my life was very different as a teenager. And then uh, it was very different as I went to a religious high school. As, as I moved into my 20s, it began to expand a little bit. I went through a divorce and felt shunned by my church. And as a result of that, I began to attend some different churches. Uh, including um, uh, more mainline rather than fundamentalist, like the Presbyterian Church, which is right up the street from where I live. Do you see how I'm integrating human and divine? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all of it was mm-hmm. shifting and changing as as my openness and willingness and 
almost all, always, the shifts have been, in my life at least, ignited by some kind of suffering, some kind of loss, some kind of pain, some kind of sorrow, something I didn't understand. It's incredible. Now, would God bring pain or suffering into our life? Not really, except that is our concept of God vast enough? Mm. It, is mm-hmm. it expansive enough to know the oneness of the all that is? Uh, for me now in my life as a mystic in my 80s, I see the all that is with a capital A, a capital T, and a capital I, all that is as a name for God. Mm -hmm. Does that mean I don't see evil in the world? Well, I see bad things happening to good people. It's certainly happening in this country now. It's happening in the world now. 400,000 people have died. More people than in World War II. I have to ask you, because this is creating a spiritual war. I mean, we talked, if you were to go to the book of Revelations, you know, is this a, a situation of good versus evil? You know, Will people have to be left behind in the parlance of, of uh, some fun, fun, fundamental point of views? Or are these different points of views? perceived as evil by those who have different are operating on different levels of awareness it's the latter and uh, we are all operating on different levels of awareness because i don't know anyone personally in my circle of friends and i have some pretty amazing people in my circle of friends and um i don't know anyone that is actually exhibiting a consciousness that uh, I I would call, well, David Hawkins, who is a very significant, he was an MD psychiatrist and then became spiritual teacher and researcher of consciousness. And um, he created a map that went from zero to 1,000. I don't think I know anyone at the level of 1,000. Maybe I do, and maybe I'm just not recognizing it because I'm not there yet. What I know is that as long as we're in a human body, we probably aren't there yet. We probably, unless we've been called back in, called back in as an avatar. What I do recognize is that my... uh, uh, closest companion as a child, Jesus, was an avatar and the son of God. Well, am I also a child of God? I believe so, but I'm not totally conscious of it yet. And my guess is that every single person on this call is that. A child of God. Yes, working our way through the dimensions in order to return to the higher dimension of life. Yes. What is that? What does it mean? I mean, what does it feel like to discover and move into the fifth dimension? Everything shifts. Everything, as you move into the fifth dimension, you access 
and this is now being confirmed with research, it's still very, very rare. And this is some of the research I'm involved in now in my 80s. Mm-hmm. It's still very, very rare. It has a different language of its own. Words appear and then disappear as you move through the different dimensions. And, uh, and, but there's one word that goes all the way from birth until death and beyond. And now research is coming in from beyond. Uh, different people that I've studied with, Suzanne Giesman is an example of that, of that, former Navy commander of all things. And now she's uh, uh, doing research on the beyond. And so all of this shifts, but love is there. Love is the only word that I have discovered that is in every dimension from birth until death and beyond. It becomes much more pure in the beyond. But we're not there yet. So do we experience it? Do we hold on to some of our uh, perceptions that belong to the human plane, perceptions of um, um Wounding or perceptions of hurt or perceptions of blame or uh, all of those will will block us from the pure, pure dimensions that are fifth dimensional processes. So how do we heal them? That's partly what my book is about about, Mm -hmm. and uh, partly about what I teach in uh, a lot of the courses. I'm doing one online right now called 100 Days of Prayer to coincide with the first 100 days of um, this new administration. It's not a political course. Uh, It's a prayer that I hope everyone will use to heal their own lives, to work on healing in in their family, in their community, and in their state, in their country, and in the world. What amazing things could happen if we were all praying for each other. Yes. You know, it's it's interesting as you say this, that um, we are, when we start talking about very, very high realms, we then have to bring them back and apply them to our lives. Yes. And you know, we don't necessarily know how to do that. We have, lots of people have a desire to go to heaven and and leave earth behind. However, I'm I began to think this week that the opposite may be part of man's purpose. To know God and seek to emulate his qualities, both you know, love, generosity, consciousness so that we can bring heaven to earth yes do you think that chapter of revelation yes that is the last book of the bible yes can heaven return to earth is that man's potential to become a co-creator with god by learning how to emulate his qualities here yes to live them so now my deepest prayer practice is living love. I don't have to sit in the silence as I did um, for 15 years in teaching silent retreats. 
five days at a time with five one-hour sits every day. <laughs> I don't. Ha- I don't have to do that, although I can if I choose to, if I find that comforting or useful. Uh, it's wonderful. But all that is required is simply to live that vibration of that presence, being present in the presence in every now moment. Mm. That's a very simple thing and at the same time very challenging with all the other things that come at us in life. Uh, But if that's our purpose, uh, that really resonates. That's going to bring us right around to your book because it's going to resonate with the soul's invisible code as people see their own sacred love story. Um, The whole book is about love, um, especially the cosmic journey of love. And what is the mystery of love that makes it so challenging to understand from an earthly point of view. The mystery is this puzzle between good and evil. And we feel harmed and hurt by the evil if we're on the good side. We feel uh, like (laughs) we can play it if we're willing and if our motive uh, is um, not pure, uh, (laughs) we can can use it in harmful ways. So one of the things that David Hawkins identifies on his map of consciousness is this sort of dividing line between good and evil. And... um, no, that's not accurate. I, spirit just said, wrong. <laughs> so spirit will connect, correct us in the moment if we're listening with awareness, capital A awareness, of awareness, small a awareness. But there is a dividing line between destructive and constructive. The duality still continues on the David Hawkins scale, and this is the realms that uh, take us into the physical plus the subtle, the realms that uh, we have thinking and feeling and, and we're developing our own process of awareness and understanding. We're, we have understanding at the highest level of of uh, awareness that we have earlier in our lives. We don't have wisdom until we go into the fifth dimension. Most Mm. of the understanding will come from our conscious awareness of the rational mind coming from the intellect, coming from our mind, human minds, and the unconscious awareness that we've had from the moment of our birth, the unconscious involution, the descent of the spirit that came in with us as an individualized soul as we came in to experience life on the human plane. 
And then we go through a process called the ascent of the soul. Uh, in Eastern traditions, they have a term that uh, explains it better than anything that's found in Western Christianity. It's called kundalini. And it describes this channel of light that that comes down the middle of our back, not the back backbone, but the channel of light that kind of surrounds it. It comes in as our foundation, and there's one current running downward and one current running upward. We've had this from the moment of our birth. Actually, it began to develop in the time of our conception, and. It, I mean, this is wild when we begin to see through these levels of awareness, through the the eyes that spirit reveals to us. And yet, all of this is in the Christian Bible. And in the words of Jesus, it's found when Jesus baptizes the disciples in the upper room after his crucifixion, they're hiding, they're afraid, they're in total unknowing. The master that they've followed for all of these years has been crucified. When they went to find him in the tomb, the door was open, and all of these, oh my God, what happened? Even Mary, who greeted him at the door of the tomb, didn't recognize him. He, she thought he was the gardener. And she said, what have you done with him? Where have you taken him? She was yearning. And yet, he said, Mary, Mary. It was almost as if he was saying, hear me. Listen to me. Hear my feeling, vibration. I am here for you. And then he said, go and tell the others. The two more disciples met him on the road to Maris. And and so it's all through the Bible. But in that upper room experience, Jesus says... Peace be unto you. As the Father hath sent me, even so I send you. And then there's a very strange phrase in the Christian Bible. It says, he breathed on them. The breath. The breath. And then he says the words, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive ye the Holy Spirit. That's what is available to us. In the fifth dimension, beginning, not fully flowered, it's just, it's a time of confusion, the research shows, when people first enter it. Because it's very confusing. They lose interest in the things they've done often for much of their lives. Sometimes they get divorces. Sometimes they move across the country. They run. I've run two or three times in my life. And then ultimately they say, oh, 
oh. <laughs> and they began to recognize that what they're doing is breathing the Holy Spirit. In the mm. Jewish tradition, we find it in the word Yahweh. Yah is the in-breath, way is the out-breath. Mm-hmm. Marge, this is um, such a fascinating conversation in the sense of, of the path and the journey that each individual takes. And I'm sure the people who are going to want to take this journey may very well find that uh, your soul's invisible code, unveiling your sacred love story, will be a fantastic opportunity to go through these exercises that you've laid out that help them to experience and develop and explore this for themselves. Um, I think, however, we haven't told anyone where they can find it. Can you tell us where they can find a copy of your book? Well, one of the human experiences that uh, <laughs> has its own dark and light, but is an amazing gift to me because I'm on it. Amazon Prime, <laughs> or just on Amazon. Amazon Prime is the quickest way to get it. Um, and uh, if you're not on Amazon or you don't want to be on Amazon, you can look for it on my author's webpage, MargeBritt.com, and that will take you to a page where you can actually order the book. But it'll take you longer because it has to come through the publisher and and um, uh, Amazon Prime <laughs> does it much faster. Good job of it, right? Well, thank you so much for that, and thank you for being with us today, Marge. This is. This was just so enlightening. It was really wonderful. And I'd also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. We've been talking about the qualities of God, and I'd like to challenge each listener to take away the thought that as we seek to emulate the qualities of God in our lives, we are actually helping to create heaven on earth. For me, these include love, a more inclusive consciousness, and generosity. So I ask you, how generous are you? When you look at the ways you spend your money, what does it say about you? Part of being more generous might be to support the work of authors by picking up a copy of their book or picking up one to share with someone else so they know about them. You can also support the work of this program by going to the Anchor.fm podcast, Train Your Brain, Claim Your Power, where you can like us or follow us, become a sponsor or subscribe. And if you make a donation and mention Marge Britt's organization, the Called by Love Institute, a percentage of your contribution will be sent to them in your name. So we thank you for letting us give authors a voice. And Marge, thank you so much for being with us here today. This is such a gift for me. Susan, what I want you to know is that you are a blessing to the world. You are an example of the uh, instruction of Jesus when he said, I am the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You are living it, Susan, and I want to acknowledge that and thank you for that. Thank you very much. That that is a, a special moment. Thank you. 
So, once again, it's time to go, everyone. Bye for now, and have a very blessed day. Thank you very much for tuning in today. If you've been inspired by this show, leave a rating or review on iTunes and visit www.rainbowsoverrunes.com to receive a free chapter from Susan's book. On behalf of Susan Shereko, this has been Rebuilding Your Life, Moving from Disaster to Prosperity, sharing the journeys of those affected by sudden and great loss and what they did to heal, rebuild, and where they are now.